Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Today, we are starting a brand new series called Build the House. Build the House. And um, as I was in construction mode, at our new location, listen, I have no life anymore, okay? Um, well, I'm learning how to do duct work. I'm learning how to do electric. I'm learning. I'm gonna, we can build a sanctuary real quick, all right? Um, but when I got, when we signed our papers to our new location on Monday, I kind of had a little panic attack. I'm not going to lie, okay? Because it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, like now what? Well, I see this wall. I, I see the vision and and what it can be, but... It was hard to put it within my hands how that was going to accomplish. And this is what happens sometimes in the life of believers. We see a vision that God has given us, and we believe we have to do it with our hands. But God said, hey, there's people around you as well. See, life done alone is so, is so lonely. But when I started to really pray at that moment, I said, God, what, what, how, how, what? I, I asked every question, okay? And asked it double and double and double. And I'm like, God, how is this going to happen? And as, and as I was doing that, God was already, do you understand that when God gives you a promise and you finally start walking in that promise, um, like, he knows what he's doing? <laughs> you know, and then sometimes with our humanity, we kind of, like, are, cha- are challenged with that and we are faced that. And then all the things that I was fearful that moment, God is just dropping in. Dropping. There was a, a, a contractor, you know, we, we had to tear some walls out, put some walls in. I'm just giving you a little testimony time about what's happening at your church already, you know. Um, Testimony time. Uh, here's the thing, you know, I, I, we had to tear some walls down um, and, it, you know, with tearing walls down, there's a lot of things that you have to do. If you do it wrong, guess what? The whole building's coming down. All right. Um, so, you know, I was like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I know how to break stuff. My mom can tell you that real quick. OK, I know how to break stuff. But how do we do this? How do we build these walls back up and everything like that? And and um, I, I, I contacted a guy that I knew for for a while. I was their youth pastor of their of their of their kids. And I said, hey, I, can you come give me a quote of what's going on? You know, this is what we're doing. He came and gave me a quote. And I said, all right, give me the damage, you know. Give me the damage. Let me, let me know what's going on. And he said, listen, Pastor Eric, you know, you've done so much for my kids and everything. I'm not going to charge you anything. He said, you buy the material, I'll be there. And this past Saturday, built almost all of our walls. They're up, all right. Uh, another instance, you know, I was like, there, Talking to the owner, you know, there was, it, it's one of these, it's not a, it wasn't the best shape. So our electric, we had to like kind of change some things out. And, um, and I'm like, oh, well, how the heck are we going to get, how, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to shock myself, you know, like it's going, it's going to be bad. Um, my cousin is a, is an electrician. He was supposed to be in um, Alabama for three months doing some, doing, I don't know, what do you, what do you do? The home inspection, the home inspection things, doing that stuff over there with the hurricanes. And they sent him back. Um, they said, hey, we're, we're going to get you to come back. And he was looking for work here. He called me uh, on Monday when I signed the contract, when I'm having a freak out moment, you know. And he said, hey, I'm coming home. We never talk like that, you know. We're usually like, hey, we're going to golf together, okay. But he said, I'm coming home. And I said, wait, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I'm coming home. And I said, hey, can you do our electric? Hey, I'll be there tomorrow. And all the electric's done. Yeah. This just doesn't happen, you know. 
But one thing I've known when I was, I'm sitting there looking at all these things and seeing how the construction is happening. God put this word in my heart and, uh, you know, Jonathan, um, Jonathan back there, Jonathan and Simeon's been with me every day. So give it up for John and Simeon. They've been killing it. But John, John, John is doing all of our graphics for our church and stuff like that. And he does an amazing job. And um, I've been doing this series that I wanted to be, I wanted to um, really preach for the past four months. And I kept on pushing it back, pushing back. It was going to be called Forbidden Words. And it's going to be a good one. And we're going to be preaching it. But I told, him on tu- I told him on Tuesday, I said, hey, I'm not preaching Forbidden Words again. You know, God's giving me another wor- message. He's like, well, I guess we'll push it back. We'll push it back again. And, uh, but God gave me this in the middle of construction. He said, build the house, build the house. And we can come and talk about how we can build the house of God and everything like that. But one thing that kind of came to remembrance to me is how God tells us that we are the house of the Holy Spirit. We are, we're the dwelling place of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, Do you realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God and God himself, his presence is in you no one will get the validation of God's temple for can be can be sure of that God's temple is sacred and you need to remember that you are the temple you are the temple so I was kind of you know in this construction mode and I was like God what are you trying to speak through me or speak to me through this and it's like he said hey build the house so knowing that, yes, we're physically brick and mortar building this house, Axios Church, but in the, in the same time, there's a house that you have to build on the daily towards God. If God is the indwelling and you're in you, he is in you when you accept him into your heart and you're living this walk, this faith walk out, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's a way that you have to build this temple. Yes, not only physically and spiritually and mentally, but there's things, there's, there's bricks that we need to put in our lives to build, but not only build, but build completely strong. Because the thing is, there's going to be times when storms come in our life and the ones to, you know, the three little pigs, you know, blow your house down kind of situation. It's coming. It's coming. And how we build this temple is going to determine how we build his temple. See, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 22, this is just, we're going to kind of compact that throughout the next couple of weeks, but this verse has been so, like, vital. It's, it's, it's kind of rocked me, and I kind of want you to say, it, it says here, in looking at the message version, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 22, says, that is plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now uh, is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Everybody say you belong here. You belong here with as much right in the name of uh, as Christians as anyone. God is building a home. Listen to this. God is building a home. He usually he is using all of us irrespectively of how we got here in what he is building he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation now he's using you fitting you brick by brick stone by stone with christ jesus as the cornerstone that holds all parts together we will see and take shape each every day the holy temple god is building all of us to build into it a temple where god is where god is quite a home we're building this not only are we building his home, we say it all the time. We believe when you bless his house, 
He blesses your house. And not only we're talking about your physical home, but your home within, where the Holy Spirit dwells within. God, I heard somebody say it like this. We're not building buildings just to build buildings. We're building buildings to build people. We're not, we're not only having facilities just to have facilities. We're having facilities to facilitate purpose in people's life. That's how we are supposed to be as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the thing is, I've learned this in, in the construction world because I am now a contractor. All right. When you try to cut corners with bad material, it will never work. I'm a kind of person. We are on budget. If it's a two by four, let's go to Facebook Marketplace first. But when we always cut the corners and try to find the the cheapest material, it doesn't work. We cannot live our life with the weak materials we put in our life. See, some build their life on money, success, followers, social acceptance, the new best thing. But, but the question is, are we building our temple strong and sustainable? You learn quickly when you cut corners how your house is being built, especially in hurricane season. OK, when you have a bad roof and there's hurricane season, you're going to tr- you're going to find out real quick. You can find out real quick that the materials are not strong enough. You either stand, you either fall. So here's the thing. When life hits and storms come. We can either stay up or we can become rubble if we don't build strong. And we're going to talk about different foundational bricks that we can build on. There's so many that you can build on, but these are the ones that I've seen that are so important to my life. And I just kind of want to just, you know, give you those so you can live in your life as well. Number one, the first brick we're going to talk about today is, is building your life on faith. This one has been my motto for the past year and in this church. I mean, literally, we are stepping out in faith Every single day. And the reality is, if we're not activating true faith in our life, we're only living a false reality of what faith is. See, God wants us to live a faith that is true, that is genuine, that is going to build us when life comes. The definition of faith is complete trust and confidence in something or someone. You see where it says that? Complete. Complete confidence. Have you walked up um, today? And said, I am completely confident in God. It's getting quiet in here, man. Like, I woke up today and I got on Facebook real quick. I'm just telling on myself, okay? Okay, I mean, I went on the Bible app, all right? No, sometimes when we we wake up, we we don't speak life into us. We just get life brought to us. Because the first thing I did, I got on social media and I started feeding myself what the world is telling me. And I didn't feed myself what God's telling me. And we're wondering why our, why our house, why the temple isn't stable. It's because we are building with weak material. We're building our life with weak material. Here, we're going to talk about the story of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was in a, in a, a state where Israel was, was in devastation. The, the, the walls were torn down. This was sometime a hundred years, a, a thousand years 
after Moses and the Israelites, and about 400 years before Jesus comes to the picture, the nation of Israel and the Jewish people were in a desperate state. They were in a desperate state. The nation was destroyed, first from the northern kingdom, uh, of, uh, and then from the southern kingdom. It was destroyed, completely conquered by the Babylonians. That were that they, they tore down Solomon's temple. It was completely destroyed. Imagine living a life that you 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 have grown up in this place, and somebody takes it over, and what you once was your norm is now your rubble. You look at devastation. All around. See, the Jewish people were deported to Babylon. They began to build houses for themselves in a foreign land. They settled there and followed, still followed the God of Israel in a Babylonian territory. Here's a side note. Do not build your home on unforeign territory. You can't build a temple of the Holy Spirit in lands where you're supposed to just be passing through gosh i need an organ we we build in places we're supposed to be passing through see here there's this is where the israelites were the jewish people were they were supposed to be they were supposed to be just there as exiles but they were supposed to return to the land that god has promised them but the land that god has promised them was in ruins was broken down the gates were torn the fire was all around it was in devastation no wonder they want to stay stay in babylon cuz babylon was more comfortable than the ruins But God has called us to build a house that is going to be sustainable. But sometimes it's going to come in a time and a period where it seems rubble all around. How do you build in the midst of devastation? So the context is here. God calls Nehemiah to build the walls of Jerusalem again. And he starts to build. Get people around and starts to build. But do you understand when there is a promise, there is also an opposition of the enemy. When God gives a promise and you start activating in that promise, the enemy is going to come. He's just not going to be like, oh, man, that's a good window there. Wow. Have you seen the floor plan? He's not going to let you build and build strong. Where there's always promise, there's always opposition because the enemy knows that when you build your life on faith, that is different. That that there's an activation, there's something different that happens in the spiritual realm. He wants you to live not in faith, but in fear. Because a fearful life is a weak life. But a faithful life is a life of strength and substance. But here's the reality. Most of the time, faith comes with risk. Faith comes with risk. Faith takes risk, but risk in the flesh is not faith. (laughs) JP, when God gave me that, I ran three times and I was very tired. All right. I haven't been to gym in a couple months. All right. Let me say that again, because I think you missed that. Because because faith does come with risk, but faith takes faith takes risk. But risk in the flesh is not faith. Just because just because you want to do it, is it God? 
Just because everybody else is doing it, is it God? Just because everybody is jumping on that new train, is it for you? Is risk, is it the risk, is risk the faith or is it an impulse of your flesh? Because false faith lived out is unwanted fate that you don't want to live with. That you don't want to live with. Fake faith is a faith that you think you're activating in faith, but you're also, you're really activating in your flesh. And you mask it with faith. I'm having faith in God, but everything's ruined all around. Maybe you're not activating in faith. Maybe you're activating in your flesh. And you have to, you have to distinguish both of them. Because if you are only going by your flesh, it's never going to really live up to the faith. See, we have, Nehemiah knew the risk that he was getting into this. He knew that by building these walls again, he was going to tick off a, little, a lot of people. Because the enemy, the enemies all around Jerusalem did not want the walls to come back. Because they know when the walls come back, the power comes in. So this is what happened. I'm going to read this because I love this story. And we're going to do a whole series on Nehemiah pretty soon because it's such an amazing thing that what he did. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 through 18. We're going to read here a little bit, but I want to give you some context of what we're going to do. And I'm going to read it in the message version. Um, that's basically called the USA version. All right. Um, that's what we're going to be doing here in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. It says here, Nehemiah prayed. Oh, listen to us, dear Lord. We are, we are not despised. Boomerang, your reticule on their, hand, on their heads, have their enemies cart off as war trophies in the land and not return. So here's what's happening. Here, Nehemiah is praying that, that, that the enemy that is trying to come after them is being, it needs to be destroyed. And the enemies... Um, we're coming all around him in verses seven and eight. And these are the words that I don't even know how to say, because why can't they just name the country a country, a normal country, right? Like Florida. All right. There's so many of them, the Arabs, the Amalekites, the Ashnabites, all of them were surrounding the, the, the city that Nehemiah was trying to build. But here's what he says. The builders were, it says they were pooped. They were pooped. The rubbles were all around and their head and it was they were over their heads. We cannot build this wall, the people said. And here's what verse 11 says this. And all this time. The enemies were saying they will not know what will hit them before they know we will have them in the, at their throats, killing them right and left. That will put the stop to this work. And the Jews who were their neighbors kept reporting. They have us surrounded. They're going to attack. If you heard it once, you will hear it ten times. So this is what Nehemiah does. He says, so I stationed the armies of guards, the most vulnerable places in the wall, and assigned the people to families with their swords, laces, and bows. After looking there, uh, looking these things over, I stood up and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and everyone said, do not be afraid of them. Put your mind on the master, the great and awesome, the one that's fighting with the brothers, sons, and daughters, and wives in their homes. When the enemies heard this, 
It said in verse 15, our enemies learned that we knew all about their plan and that God was frustrated with it. And we went back to work on the wall. That's such a powerful verse if you kind of miss it there. Because the reality is the enemy was going to hit them at their weakest point. See, whenever you serve God and you do it, 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 at times it becomes mundane and you become weak. And this is where they were. They, they were so excited in the beginning. We're going to build the walls again. And then at some point from the time of completion to the time of starting, they became weak. They became weak, but the reality is the mission was still the mission, was to build the walls. So the enemy saw that they were weak and started to plan. Because the enemy's not going to get you, try to get you whenever you're on fire for God. Because you're a, you're a, you're a wreck. You, you, you can take, you kick the, the gates of hell down. But when you're weak, then you're a little vulnerable to the circumstances. Then this is where the Israelites were. The Jewish people were. They were weak. They saw the rubble. They saw what they started. But in their mind, they said, we can't complete because we're too tired. Here's the first, the only thing that I got for you, the, the one point. Faith makes us build strong even when we should be weak. This is what faith does for us. The enemy knew that they were weak. They wanted to hit them when they were weak. But here's what Nehemiah said. And when I heard this verse, I was like, "Woo! give me something. It said, verse 15, our enemies learned that the enemy knew that the plan that was meant for their destruction turned for their good. So here's the thing. It said that Nehemiah, they, the, the enemy knew. And what did Nehemiah do? When the, when the enemy is breathing at your neck, when you see them left, right, in front, and back, what did Nehemiah tell the Israelite people to do? He said, when, we, when they heard it and they were frustrated, they said, and we went back to the wall and went back to work. I don't know about you. I guess that was for me. Have you quit building because you're scared? Have you been, quit building because you're offended? Have you quit building because you have sinful issues? Have you, been, have, have you quit building your life because they looked at you a little strange? Because the reality is the enemy is surrounding you at all corners. But it's your job to pick up the tools. And keep working. See, this is what this is what they knew. In that verse as well, Nehemiah instructed them. This is a sword, Minecraft. All right. Nehemiah summoned people to be ready to fight. Ready, a sword and sword. But there was also people still working. So Nehemiah told them this. They said, Hey, at one hand. Hold your sword ready to fight. But then he said, on the other hand, hold the, the tools ready to build. This is what faith is. This is what faith is. Faith is, I see, I smell, I sense the enemy around. I am not weak in my faith to just drop my weapon and only just fight. 
I, I'm, not, I'm not weak in my, in my faith to not fight and also work my way to Jesus. See, there, it's a balance. The enemy wants you to just drop your weapons and just get and just quit there. But you, the what faith, true maturity in faith is saying, hey, while I'm working this thing out, I'm still fighting the good fight. I have faith in the one that is holding me. I'm to have faith in the one that is writing my story. Do you have faith in doing both? Because he's the thing. Maturity in your life knows that working and fighting goes hand in hand in faith. Nehemiah could have easily said, hey, stop the project. Put the tools down and just fight with this sword. <laughs> Nehemiah could easily say, hey, ignore what they're saying. And let's just work until we are, are completely burned out. Let's work until we don't have any more energy. And the enemy is going to come and start fighting you even more. Because when you keep on just working your way into faith, ain't going to work. But when you balance both of them and say, hey, God, I might be weak. I might be down. But I don't lose my fight. And I all don't, also don't use, lose my tools. Faith is in the middle of that. Faith is saying, hey, I'm not going to put my purpose down to just fight. I'm not only going to just put my fight down just for my purpose. No, it goes hand in hand. Faith says I'm ready to fight, but I'm also ready to go. I'm also ready to, to work. Because here's what happens in people's life in church world. We get offended and we put our tools down. And we live with that offense. But then when the fight comes, we're not strong enough to fight. So what do we do? Well, the pastor, he offended me. Well, that, that person at church, they didn't give me a word. And what we do is we don't put the responsibility in our tools and our, in our abilities we put all the responsibility on somebody else. You did this, so that means I can't activate in faith. I'm, I'm getting too real today. Too real. Because I'm sick and tired. I don't even know where I am in my notes, okay? Jazz, I'm sorry. I'm sick and tired of, of people saying that they're Christians, but they just get offended so much. Do, do you understand that Jesus offended people? He didn't come in and be like, hey, they hated the man. They crucified him because he said, hey, the way you're walking, the way you're thinking, it, it, it was good for a moment, but I'm bringing a different way. It's a way where faith is activated in a different way, not by rules and regulations, but by, but by a relationship with me. But what happens is we, we try to build our relation, build our temple, build our relation with God by other people's faith. We like to post about other people's faith, faith but we don't want to live our faith. Oh, 
That church, they built, they built that building. Oh, that church, oh, they got that thing. Oh, that's faith. But you can't even have faith for your family. We live on, we live on perspective faith and not reality faith. Nehemiah knew that the project that was ahead of him wasn't popular. <laughs> Nehemiah knew that the opposition was going to go, was going to come. But what did he do? He planned for the opposition. See, we can't be surprised when the enemy attacks. He don't like you. You mess up his plan when you activate faith. But when you're ready, you're saying, I'm not going to let anything hold me back from building his house and building my house. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to get these bricks. If God uses me brick by brick, stone by stone, whatever I have to do to build his house, because I know when I built his house, he is building something on the inside of me. I got my tools. I got my sword. I'm ready to activate in faith. I'm ready to be who God's called me to be. Stop living a mediocre faith. Step out. Use the tools that God has given us. Stop looking at other people. Listen, it is so great to see other people activating faith. And I, I applaud them. They're great. And listen, it boosts my faith too. But there's something that you have to do for yourself. There's a gift of faith that God has given us that we are not operating in. You know why? Because faith, the opposite of it, is fear. We don't like to be afraid. Because of fear, fear, if it doesn't work out, then I'm a failure. Well, well, if if I don't take if I take that step, then maybe the other people will look at me, they will judge me. Who cares? As long as you're walking in obedience, in faith, do you care about other people's opinions or do you care about what God is doing in you? It's time. Listen, our world is crazy. Come get the piano before I keep on talking. I don't even know where I'm at. It's it's, can we stop playing games? Like, I'm sick and tired. The world is not going to come to know Jesus with us bickering with each other. The world is not going to come to know Jesus with us talking about each other. We have to have a different mindset. It says that we need to be set apart. That means we got to think differently. we got to act differently. Because our world needs it. Our world is looking at us as a representation of Jesus Christ, the only one that saves the only one that heals, the only one that restores, the only one that is all good, all knowing, they're looking at us. They're looking at us. And maybe your step of faith is going to do something in their life. Because we all have faith. Is the way how you're using that faith. 
Nehemiah knew that just my tools aren't enough. Just my sword isn't enough. But when I use them both, I trust God in the middle. And I'm ready for what the opposition is to bring in my life. I'm not surprised. I'm not spooked. I'm ready. Because I am a I am a soldier for the army of God. Let me give you a news flash as I close. This world ain't going to get any better. If you read the Bible, not only the parts that are going to make you feel good, like the other ones that scare you. We know that things are going to get a little, little, little sketchy real quick. But at the end of the book, we still win. But we have to have faith in the midst of opposition. We will not stand in what the world's going to be. We, we cannot stand firm without strong faith. And when God is building his home on the inside, he wants you to build that faith. To trust, even if you have to have just a little faith at this moment, what it says, as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. How is your, let me, let me say it like this. Let's have a faith check today. I don't know about you, but for our church, that's all we knew. <laughs> We're going to continue to operate in faith. And I challenge you to jump on this train. Not because we're better, because we are not. We will make uh, bad decisions. But in obedience, I know that God has my front. He has my back. He has my side. He has my side. And I know when I'm doing what he's telling me to do, I don't need to worry about what is to come. I just need to worry about how am I ready to fight the good fight of faith. To fight the good fight of faith. With tools in my hands to build his kingdom and to build my life. And a sword to fight when I need to fight. You are strengthened for the faith walk ahead. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.